The Social Detective is an independent podcast. We cover cases to raise awareness and educate our listeners. We also share cases and we will always detail our sources. However, there are times where we will also share our opinions and theories. We will always outline these are our opinions, our podcast, our opinions. Also, this podcast is not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. Some episodes can contain themes which might be triggering. So we would like to take a moment to state a content warning. Please take care of yourself. Sometimes there will be descriptions of sexual acts and violence in this podcast, as well as graphic language or racial violence as we are describing the cases. You or someone you know is experiencing a mental health crisis, you can text or call 988. Someone is available on this line 24-7. Please remember, you are not alone. Hey guys, it's Marianne, Dog Mom Baker, True Crime Podcast Maker, and today we are back with another case. This one combining my two favorite things, baking and beauty. Also, the victims in this case have been able to live to tell their story, which makes the justice at the end of the story even sweeter. Well, let me amend that. Most of the victims at the end of this story live on to tell their story, but we're going to get into that. Have you ever heard the quote, I always carry a knife in my purse just in case of cheesecake or something? Well, if you've never heard it, you really got to be prepared for this. When Victoria Nazarova arrived at Olga Tzevich's door unexpectedly on August 28th, 2016 with a cheesecake, Olga would have been better off with a knife in her purse instead of giving in and taking a bite of the poisonous dessert. Now, media reports all talk about how Victoria and Olga were the best of friends. However, the truth is a really twisted scheme that Victoria Nazarova came up with. And luckily, Olga survived. But adding insult to injury, Olga had to convince the New York authorities that a crime really did occur. Now, of course, when you work in the field of beauty and aesthetics, You know, you find out that beauty really, truly is only on the surface, and evil can really lay underneath. Ugh, wow. I just made myself nauseous coming up with something that hokey. Hang on a minute. I think I just threw up in my mouth. 
No, I promise you, this isn't the beginning of a Lifetime Movie of the Week or a Netflix-created classic. This is a real-life story. Now, with my history of criminalistics and baking, of course, coming across a case like this set all of my radars off. It's like that one Dateline, The Killer Cake. I had to grab a fork and dive in. And so I want you guys to tie on your napkins, grab a fork, and grab your favorite cheesecake toppings. Because that's what we did. If you go to our cocktail cupcakes, yep, that's my bakery, I made a non-toxic, non-poisonous, double fudge, Irish, of course, a Guinness soaked in the center, cherry cheese, cherry chocolate cheesecake. And I'm going to plan on also debuting this at the Tallgrass Film Festival that's coming up this October. I am so excited. The Tallgrass Film Festival is the most awesome thing that I look forward to every year. So if you want to be a part of it or if you plan on being a part of it this year, you can come by one of our tables, grab a slice, gab about films, true crime, horror movies, dogs, you know, all the things I love. And hang on a moment and we're going to dive into the case of Victoria Nazarova and the poisonous cheesecake. Olga was a Ukrainian immigrant. She was also an eyelash extensions tech in New York. She worked at a salon close to her home. And on September 2nd, 2016, she received a frantic call from one of her clients of the salon. It was a Russian woman named Victoria Nazarova. She wanted her eyelashes extended in a hurry. And she was really persistent. She was explaining she had an eyelash emergency. She had a repair she just needed done. And I didn't know there were eyelash emergencies. And she kept begging, please, please, please. And Olga, she never does work outside of her salon. But gosh, Victoria was begging and protesting. And Olga kept telling her, go to the salon. But Victoria was not having any of that. Olga told her client she had no appointments available. But she said Victoria was already in the habit of being extremely pushy. And she'd repeatedly had been pushing her to spend time with her beer friend. And Olga was like, you know, I, I have enough friends. And I get that feeling. I have six dogs. Those are my friends. As Olga could tell, Victoria wanted more than just her eyelashes. She wanted Olga to be her bestest buddy. And Olga just wasn't having that. Olga was feeling uneasy. She had already refused Victoria's many offers to hang out because she noticed something else about Victoria that kind of threw her off. Victoria looked a lot like Olga. And who the hell wants to hang out with their doppelganger? 
I don't even like looking in the mirror. Why the hell would I want to hang out with somebody who looks a lot like me? I ain't, I'm not up for that. When Olga turns down all of her requests for socializing and Victoria is like, okay, then do my eyelashes at your house. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Olga's finally like, fine, just come over. But Victoria shows up with three slices of cheesecake. And Olga's just like, what the hell? I said your eyelashes. Why are you bringing dessert? And Victoria says, well, it's from a famous bakery. Like, really, really famous. And who knows? Maybe it's from the Cheesecake Factory, right? That's super famous. And Victoria, just to show her how amazing this cheesecake is, she gobbles up two of the slices and then starts pushing this cheesecake in Olga's face and saying, you gotta eat it, gotta eat it, gotta eat it, gotta eat it. Olga's like, fine, if it'll get you the hell out of my apartment, I'll eat it. And after Olga tries a few bites of it, she becomes violently ill. And the world starts to go dark. And I've been baking for years, and I will tell you, cheesecake's not supposed to do that. Olga says she blacks out, and when she blacks out and stuff, all of a sudden, the last thing she remembers is that she comes to in a hospital and I mean things are just really hazy her memory's gone she's not quite sure what's going on and just her last few days are in like this fog and so when she gets back to her apartment she realizes stuff is missing her purse her identification and her world is just not right it's all in a fog so she calls the police and the detectives get there and to them, Olga seems like she's some sort of junkie. They're like, she's acting like she is high on something. And Olga's like, no, my purses are gone. My identification's gone. This Victoria woman came in, gave me a cheesecake and stole my stuff. And detectives are like, this woman is high on something, but we'll just humor her so we can get about our day. Let's just do it. And Olga takes him over to the garbage. He goes, look, look, there's the cheesecake container. There it is. There's a cheesecake box. There, there, just take it. Okay, fine. They take the cheesecake box, bag it, tag it, whatever. Let's, let's just get the hell out of here because we've got this crazy woman just going on about poisonous cheesecake. They're like, okay whatever we're done but then they start to leave and a neighbor though stops him and says hey no 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 she's there something happened to her and the neighbor tells the detectives that they're the ones that called the ambulance because they noticed this strange woman coming in and out of Olga's apartment and they got so worried, they decided to go into Olga's apartment. When they walked in there, her apartment was set to like a sauna. And they walk into Olga's apartment and they can't find Olga. So they go back into her bedroom. And that's when they are like, okay, this is messed up. Olga is kind of laying in her bed in a weird way. And she's wearing like some really provocative lingerie. And there are pills 
everywhere. And the neighbors known Olga for a while, and this is not like Olga. It was like some theatric overdose scene. This is not normal. So the neighbor calls paramedics and gets Olga to the hospital. Now, when Olga is finally lucid, she's like, what the hell? I was wearing sweatpants when Victoria comes over. So this is not right. So again, she is trying to explain this to the NYPD and they are not buying this story. They think Olga is some bizarre junkie who is making up some story of just wasting their time. But when they hear from the neighbor, they're thinking, okay, Maybe there is some meat on this bone, so let's try to find this Victoria Nazarova. And they don't have any idea that they're not the only ones looking for Victoria Nazarova. There's also this really cool guy. His name is Herman Weisberg. He's a private investigator, and he used to be part of the NYPD. He's a retired New York City detective who now spends his time looking for Victoria Nazarova. He's tracking her through Rush, through ads on Russian dating sites and all the social media. And he says her outreach was kind of designed for a niche audience. She was advertising her services as a dominatrix slash escort. And Victoria was using these online ads to commit crimes of opportunity. And the hook sounds familiar. She would use this knockout drug on clients and steal money, watches, jewelry, whatever she could get her hands on. And that's kind of what Weisberg was watching and learning more and more about Victoria. But Weisberg was started watching her because she's into some way darker stuff. Stuff is kind of coming full circle. Now, Olga, Olga is starting to heal. She returns back to work. And of course, as we all do when we're working and, you know, we go to the salons and we share our crazy stories and everything. And so as Olga is sharing her crazy near-death encounter with a client... The client tells her, oh my God, I have a friend that had something like that happen to him. His name is Ruben and he got on a dating site and his date drugged him and cleaned him out. And this is about two months before the cheesecake incident. This guy who runs a nearby dry cleaning business meets a woman on a Russian dating site. Her name? Victoria Nazarova. She had lured him in by telling him on this dating site, oh, I'm such a wonderful cook. And he's like, oh, I'd love to eat. And you love to cook. This is a match made in heaven, right? And you don't want to eat the shit this woman's making because her love language, it's not cooking or baking. So they arranged to meet at her place for dinner. And after a few bites of Victoria's fish, Reuben, he was out in five minutes. And while Reuben was passed out, Victoria allegedly went on a shopping spree. 
he claims she took 800 maybe a thousand dollars in all of his cash and then 2400 in american express and then two days later he's still out of it victoria takes him to the cleaners his dry cleaners and it's all on video and you guys can find this on 48 hours and she takes him to his business and she's telling his employees, oh, we had wine. He drank two bottles of wine. And you can tell Reuben is just in this state of he's not right. And he comes back and says he doesn't remember anything. And Victoria is just kind of leading him around. And she is cleaning the place out. And the camera captures a glimpse of Victoria sitting in his chair now the employees can be seen luckily sharing and looking at Reuben like oh my god this this is not kosher this is not cool there is something seriously wrong with him and Reuben's sister who was there luckily she calls an ambulance and Victoria realizing the gig is up she gets the hell out of Dodge but, of course, she cleans them out and takes everything with her. That's not the primary case Herman Weisberg is working on. Olga and Ruben, they're the lucky ones. In 2017, Weisberg, again, who's been on Victoria's tail, he actually started working with Nadia Ford. Nadia said her mother, Ella Alexinko, she was very, very close to her mother. Her mother had gone missing back in Russia. Nadia's mother disappeared after she had mentioned making a brand new best friend. Guess who that friend was? Victoria Nazarova. Before Victoria came to New York, she was living in Russia, and she had become Alice's neighbor in the apartment next door in the fall of 2014. Alla had told Nadia she would be sending her daughter special gifts. Who would be bringing them to Nadia? Why, her new best friend, Victoria. Victoria would be bringing Nadia $6,000 in cash and all these other valuables, including two fur coats and the, all these other things. And she was going to hand deliver them. But Victoria never shows up. And on October 5th, Nadia tries to call her mother, but she can't reach her. She tells 48 Hours that she had tried phoning her mother over a hundred times with no answer. That's not like her mother. That leaves Nadia to believe only the worst because nothing would stop her mother from picking up her calls. Now we're in Krasnodar, Russia. This is about 800 miles from Moscow. So Nadia decides she's going to launch her own investigation. She is not going to wait for Russian police to deal with this. And Nadia convinces Victoria. She takes her ass all the way over there and she convinces Victoria to meet her outside of her mom's apartment building. And there she confronts Victoria. She says, Victoria loudly says, no, 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 Allah's alive. I don't know what you're talking about. And in the middle of this confrontation, 
Victoria runs up the stairs to the apartment with Nadia running right at her heels. Because, you know, Nadia's a badass. That's when Nadia is phoning the police. And in her mother's apartment, they find that it's been ransacked. The family, family heirlooms, gone. All the expensive jewelry, gone. Credit cards, personal identification, all gone. And whoever did this also stole most of her mother's life savings. Because again, this is Russia. She kept $40,000 in a secret hideaway. It's gone. The police tell Nadia to just wait. Her mother will come back. Again, I don't know if they were actually talking about Allah or Victoria. I still kind of wonder about that. But Nadia, being the badass she is, she doesn't wait. She creates flyers and begins crisscrossing the country everywhere, looking for answers and looking for her mother. All the while, still text messaging Victoria, looking for answers and looking for her mother. Now, there is one thing that is common when you're looking for a missing person, no matter where you are at in the world. And that is the fact that highways and national roadways have cameras. Nadia was able to use this to isolate to the day her mother went missing. And boom, there it is. Okay, wait a minute. Let me back up. How does she get it? Well, as you've seen in the Carly Russell case, everything can be purchased. And if you're willing to purchase the footage, you got it. Now, pictures from that traffic camera, that changed everything for Nadia. The pictures looked blurry, but Nadia was certain that Victoria Nazarova was behind the wheel of that car. And she's equally sure she knew who that was sitting in the passenger seat. It was her mom. The date is October 5th, 2014. And you just, you know, you know when you see your mother, you know when you see your child, there is that feeling in your heart. Now, the investigators are working the case and they tell Nadia, we've, we've already seen the traffic camera. We already have this information. We tracked Victoria down. We gave her a lie detector test and we were waiting for the results. But Victoria caught the first flight out of Russia and she's gone. Then, on April 2015, Nadia received a disturbing phone call. While she's waiting just for any information on her mother, she gets a call from investigators. They found charred human remains in a remote area about a two-hour drive from Allah's apartment. When authorities called Nadia to make an identification, Nadia finds out that the body was found in Armavar, which it's about 110 miles from Krasnodar. And what's important about this is that's where Victoria Nazarova grew up. And it's also the place where Allah's body was dumped. Now it's at this time, Interpol issues an international arrest warrant for Victoria Nazarova in Allah's murder. Nadia she she doesn't know what else to do. She's lost her mother. She's done everything she can do. And she's like, I, I, I got to just return home. 
So Nadia decides to return home to Brooklyn, but she's still determined to track down Victoria Nazarova, no matter where she is. And as you do, everything pops up on Facebook. That's why we're the social detective. And you'll never guess whose face popped up on the screen for Nadia one day. This is why we said everything comes full circle with social media. The more narcissistic you are, the less you think that your victims and the families are still watching your every move. We don't give up. You think that because it's been five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, we've quit looking. We will never quit looking. And Victoria, she's moved on with her life and she had the nerve to post pictures all over Facebook, checking in at this place and that place. What a beautiful life. She flew to Mexico. Thank God for stupid people. Now, Nadia reports all of this to the United States police and immigration officials, but they can't find Victoria. But that's when Nadia starts working with the private investigator and former New York City detective, Herman Weisberg. He comes through Victoria's Facebook profile with a more experienced eye for detail because Weisberg, he's not looking at what everyone else wants you to see on their post. He's looking at everything except what you want us to see. And while Weisberg is meticulously studying every photograph, he makes a remarkable discovery on Victoria's face. Her mirrored sunglasses. They gave everything away. And that's why on my social media post, I am very careful where I'm at, what I'm doing, when I post. Never post from your home base. Never post from your own vehicles. Never do that because there are always people watching. And these mirrored sunglasses, she took just the perfect picture for him to see the dashboard of the car she was in. But more importantly, the stitching on that back headrest. The Chrysler 300 had the stitching and the dashboard layout. Now comes the hard part, finding the specific car Victoria was driving. But Weisberg, he had started going through a series of Victoria's Facebook pictures that were clustered around a Sheep's Head Bay, a Russian neighborhood in Brooklyn. And it gets even crazier. The woman, Nadia, who's been searching everywhere for her in connection to her mother's murder. Well, Victoria is now living with her boyfriend, literally in Nadia's own back yard. I mean, the New York and all of its suburbs, it's a big place, but it's about to get a lot smaller for Victoria Nazarov. Weisberg, all of the legwork he had accomplished and everything done, 
he took everything and handed it over to Interpol and Homeland Security. But guess what? Neither one of them wanted to take any action. Surprise, surprise. But he wasn't going to stop. So then he alerts the NYPD. And on March 20th, 2017, the, the New York Police Department decided to make their move. The woman who had once posed as a dominatrix, she suddenly finds herself in handcuffs. And when Detective Kevin Rogers, who had been the primary detective working Olga's case, the poison cheesecake, was alerted of the arrest. And then he's made aware of the rest of the story. And suddenly, everything falls into place. He tells 48 Hours that that was the instant it all started to become clear. The police evidence photos made it clear of what exactly Victoria was after. An ID of Olga's was found in Victoria's apartment, and the picture looked very similar to Victoria herself. And to back up his theory, he went to the lab with the cheesecake and, yep, bingo. When he sent the container from Olga's home to a lab, at first they didn't find anything. But Rogers decided to send it for additional testing. And that's when he got a hit, finazepam. Now, finazepam... I'm going to go into it a little bit. Finazepam was first developed in the Soviet Union in the 1970s. It's a powerful benzodiazepam, and it provides a solid sedative effect. It's sold not really in pharmaceuticals here in America, but it's sold as a fine white powder, or it can be sold as a liquid. Finazepam can be snorted or swallowed or mixed in food. Like other benzos, finazepam is used kind of as a chill out or anti-anxiety drug. Some people use it to kind of come down off of other drugs like acid speed or ecstasy after, you know, partying really hard. But finazepam is so strong, it doesn't take much to create an overdose. A lot of users has ended up in the hospital after taking too much. Big doses can also make them feel very forgetful and send them to sleep or put them in a coma. Phenazepam is especially dangerous if you take it and you fall asleep or go into a coma in a very hot environment. Remember the sauna in Olga's apartment when Victoria had the heat on high. Also, Victoria's DNA was found on the cheesecake box. That just sealed everything nice and neat. So in April, here recently of 2023, Victoria Nazarova was sentenced to 21 years in prison. They followed it up by five years post-release supervision. The last update I've heard is that Russia is still trying to extradite her. Now, Victoria, of course, has a lot of sob stories. 
She blames what she's done to everybody on the fact she's mentally ill. She wants leniency because she says she has a very ill son she needs to take care of. But a lot of people say this is just another one of Victoria's running list of long cons. No one really knows the true Victoria. The boyfriend she had been living with, he says that she had killed his beloved beagle because he was showing it too much attention. He was ready for her to go. After victim impact statements and the sentence was handed down in Queens, New York, Victoria's parting words to everyone wasn't an apology or any semblance of guilt. She just uttered a simple F you to everyone. So that's our outside of Kansas case that we put together for National Cheesecake Day. At least I hope you were able to enjoy the pictures of the cheesecake and to know that's something else Cocktail Cupcakes creates. And to know, don't accept food from just anybody. Always be careful of what you eat. This is a social detective signing off. Just I wanted to add a quick P.S. Don't forget about the Uncovered website, uncovered.com. It's an amazing database. There have been over 200,000 unsolved cases since 1980. Krista Martin is but one of them. I am consistently updating cases as much as possible on that database. That database is changing. They are rebranding and they are expanding. Without that database, Krista Martin wouldn't be recognized. Her case would not be recognized. If you have a loved one that is missing, has a suspicious death, if you know of a case of a John Doe, Jane Doe, or any transgender, LGBTQ, any of those cases that need attention, you can submit those cases on Uncovered. There are social detectives, there are investigators, and there are journalists. There are other podcasters that are waiting to help and share that information. There is an amazing group. I do not receive any kickbacks. I am not affiliated with Uncovered in any monetary way. I believe in this organization because of what I have seen them do. Because Krista's case has changed and expanded so much in the past year. And I know her case will be solved before my heart anomaly takes my life because of the abilities of Uncovered. That is what my faith is in.
And that is who I believe in. And if I believe in them that strongly, any of you who have somebody who needs their case heard, that is a great place to start. So I am encouraging you to go check out that website and see what they can do to help you too. Again, be safe and thanks for listening to The Social Detective.